You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Be Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. This is episode 316, and before we start, we'd like to encourage you to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney. This is Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's time for us to dish. We have some news, a rumor or two, and some history to reflect on. I'm going to kick off the episode by telling you that in three days, yeah, just three, until Toy Story Land opens. We hope to have some reviews for you in our next report, which will be next week. If you are a lucky listener that is going to be at the park on June 30th or after, we would love to hear from you. If you have pictures for us, we would love that even more. So you can text us your pictures at 407 674 0414 or email them to us at mousecapades at gmail.com Well, our friend Lee that lives out in Cali, Kaylee, um, he participated in that Disney World ride bracket that we did on our on Friday's show and he wanted to share his information, which is what we encouraged our listeners to do, and he told me that his favorite ride was Pirates of the Caribbean and he said it was his favorite because it was one of the last things that Wall had worked on before he passed away and it tells a good story. He said he didn't necessarily agree, which I know we don't necessarily agree with this either, the political changes that were made because it makes the story weaker, but he still says he enjoys it. And also, um, it was the first ride that he ever rode with his one-year-old son. And so we just want to thank Lee for always being a loyal listener and for sharing his bracket with us so that we know what his favorite ride was. And we all know it was Pirates of the Caribbean. So anybody else, if you did not do that yet and you haven't listened to that show and you want to come back, just simply text it to us or email it to us and we can always put it on a later show. We're going to be doing a Disney World food bracket in just a couple days or so, in about a week, I guess. And Lee had suggested it would be a lot of fun to play along and report back to uh, you guys as the listeners so that we could talk about it on the actual episode when Kaylee and I are doing it or Nick and I, whoever is doing it at that time. On our Facebook page, 
The Mousecapades podcast. It, you have to have the the in there on our Facebook page to get to it. You'll find a link, and so you can play along with the Disney World food bracket that's coming up. If for some reason you don't make the deadline, um, all we need you to do is send it to us anyway, and we'll put it on another show, just like I said before about the the ride bracket. And uh, I, that was a well-listened-to show, Kayla, so maybe we'll get some more people riding in and letting us know their favorite rides. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So Typhoon Lagoon debuted Disney's H2O Glow Night event. And this looked really cool. You guys always liked glow sticks, so I thought, you know, you would probably have liked this if you were there. Since it's the incredible summer, they're kicking off a great way to enjoy the warm nights. They have a private hard ticket event at Typhoon Lagoon. And it's just select nights from now until August the 11th. Typhoon Lagoon transforms, adding a layer of Partysaurus Rex theming as the entire park comes to life in a whole new light. So guests who purchase the tickets to the event can arrive as early as 7 p.m. with the event kicking off at 8 p.m. That way they can enjoy a little fun in the sun. But once the sun is done, the party begins. So with a live DJ being watched over by the Partysaurus Rex, the guests can rock out to fun music, they can enjoy attractions at the park, or even play some games on the beach. And one of the highlights that they have for the guests was floating along Ketchikitty Creek, which I'm assuming the way it looked when I was looking at it is a lot like what we know as Lazy River. There's light up inner tubes that take you around the atmosphere to look around. I thought that was a cool idea. It'll be fun to try with, you know, just at a pool here. And so also you can expect to see Rex's toy friends, Woody, Jesse, and Buzz, and they'll be available for meet and greets. Yeah, that sounds cool. I know. I was trying to figure out how we could light up stuff in a pool locally. Well, I wonder if inner tubes, I wonder if when you blow up inner tubes, and listeners, feel free to try this, but I'm not going to be held responsible for any damages, I guess I should say. But like, I can just think of, I wonder if a glow stick would fit in an inner tube. I don't think a glow stick would, but you could probably put one of those necklaces because there's tinier. The glow sticks are pretty round. That's true. And I bet you could put a necklace or a bracelet, like several of those in there to make it glow. Yeah, maybe an expensive venture, but it would be worth it. It wouldn't be too bad because they sell those at the Dollar Tree now, big packs of glow sticks. So, yeah. Check it out. If you do it, send us pictures so we can see. The Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind to open at Disney California Adventure in 2019. So, this will be something that opens later than the rest of Pixar Pier. Um, The concept art is out, so if you would like to take a peek... Just Google the Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind. So this family-friendly attraction will occupy the space that was home to the Maliboomer once upon a time. Disney has not confirmed this, but speculation suggests that Emotional Whirlwind is actually a rethemed and relocated version of Flick's Flyers, currently found in A Bug's Land. I thought it was interesting because I looked at the concept arc and it looks a lot like um, hot air balloons spinning around like what they have at Silver Dollar City. I know Nick will be dying because I'm mentioning Branson again, but that's what it looked like a lot to me was hot air balloons for this uh, emotional whirlwind ride. That would make sense. I mean, whirlwind. Yeah. Circles. Yeah. Ha. Always thinking. Always the pun. I'll tell you what. So the Paint the Night Parade, I know that we talked about because of the Incredibles, they've added an Incredibles float, or some floats, I should say. So it broke the box office records. We talked about that last week. And since Pixar Pier is open, they have a ride, or they have a float, excuse me, featuring hundreds of strobes, LED lights, and more. The Incredibles float really shines in an already stellar parade, which I wish I could see other than on a YouTube video, which I know Me I can watch. Me too. 
And the float gathers the entire family, including Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, Violet, Dash, and Jack-Jack, and even Frozone's there to save the city. What's more, many of the supers powers are on display in the fun colorful parade edition so frozone's icy trail violet's force field circling dash and some random jack jack surprises so it looks pretty cool again i'm just watching on youtube so i yeah uh, but if it's cool on youtube you imagine what it's like in real life yeah i'm glad that they're pretty much rolling out the red carpet for the incredibles too which i feel was necessary i i just hope I hope they wouldn't do this because obviously Frozen is different because it was such a movie where people were like, they loved it or they hated it, but they've really overdone themselves with that marketing. And so now people are kind of sick of it. And so I'm hoping they don't try to overdo The Incredibles 2 and then make people sick of it. And they're like, okay, we got it. It was a great comeback movie, but you're doing too much. I don't know that they will because people have been waiting 14 years and they're, yeah. they're grabbing a whole new generation because... There were kids that weren't born. When Lots the, of kids right, that weren't born. Lots I mean. of kids, because a lot of the kids you have at VS probably, well, yeah, the they kids, weren't born. The kids that were born the year The Incredibles came out, this might make some listeners feel really old, are 14 this year. They will be, they're either, they turn 14 the first half of the year, or they'll be 14 this later half of the year. And that makes me feel old, because I was like, I'm obviously, I know listeners, I'm not old. But it, I was in second or third grade when it came out and so it's just insane yeah joey was a little a little bitty tyke he wants you to know he was four. Oh yes four listeners four abc orders a roseanne spinoff show the connors after weeks of rumors today abc officially ordered a spinoff of their hit show roseanne with the working title the connors According to Deadline, the new program will feature returning cast members not named Roseanne Barr, including Sarah Gilbert, Lori Metcalf, John Goodman, Lacey Gorenson. She pronounces it Lacey, yeah. Lacey Gorenson, and Michael Fishman. The Connors has been given a 10-episode order and will now fill Tuesday, 8 p.m., the time slot vacated by its predecessor. This announcement comes weeks after a second, which was the 11th overall season of Roseanne, and it was canceled following the star Roseanne Barr's racist tweet. Barr will have no creative involvement in or financial gain from the new series after making a deal with show producer Tom Werner. In fact, ABC insisted that this be the case before an order for the show could move forward. While it's unclear how Barr's character will be written off, ABC says it will involve a sudden turn of events. Also unclear is who will laugh at the end of the show's signature intro, Roseanne's Revival season ranked as one of the last season's top scripted series, and ABC had planned on making it a cornerstone of its 2018-2019 season. That's insane. I know. I'm actually glad that they're going to do that. I'm sad that, you know, her freedom of speech killed her job for her and others, but I'm glad that they're revamping it so that the rest of them can stay with it because I don't know look how long well you you don't remember that because you were too little but how long the show aired where uh, John Goodman wasn't on there anymore and they act like he was dead and then when they restarted this series of it was like it was all a dream and everybody just made it up so I mean she's supposed to have knee surgery they could easily act like she had the knee surgery and just didn't come out of it because I mean I'm that not, happens I, yeah I was gonna say I'm not trying to be rude or gross or I don't know, just be dark. Or she was on the reboot. She was having the drug problem. Oh, yeah. Where she true. was addicted to her painkillers. So they could so. easily, easily write that in 
And uh, yeah, I'm just glad they all like the the rest of the cast is still so like they're dedicated enough that they think that people deserve to have a spinoff. So they're I know they're thinking it probably won't be the same, but right. they're still willing to put themselves out there to continue and make material. Right. So thank you, ABC, because uh, we really did enjoy the, the comeback. So I'll be happy to see some of those characters back next year. So the Incredicoaster debuted this weekend at Pixar Pier. And so for months, everybody's been waiting for the Incredible themed coaster to be done and that they changed the California Scream into this Incredicoaster. And um, it'll have a story behind it. So the riders will be riding along with the Incredibles as they're chasing Jack-Jack, which I don't think... I watched it. I watched this ride on YouTube. Did you? I, I guess I need to watch it's it. It's very cool. I think they did a good job. So the Incredicoaster Imagineers worked... Right alongside the Imagineers of the Incredibles 2 team, which I thought, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because it's Disney, but I thought, how great is that? They literally designed this coaster while they're making the Incredibles 2 movie. It seems like you're in the movie. So how awesome is that? So there's a full story that can be heard in the queue along the way while you're waiting to get on the ride. So this was just the coaster that was rethemed, right? It wasn't... It was California Screaming. I think they did. I think it was just so smart how they took it and redid it because, like you listed, it's you're chasing Jack Jack, and the whole thing is it's like every person is taking turns chasing him, so they're demonstrating their different powers. So, like, Edna's supposed to be watching the baby at the beginning of the ride, and then Helen's like, Edna, make sure you're watching him, and she goes, okay, and then literally two seconds later, she's like, the baby's gone. And so... (laughs) Bob, like, tells Dash to go get him. You settle in the coaster, and then he goes, keep your heads back and your face forward. And then he goes, three, two, one, go. And then you, like, shoot off, like, your Dash. Dash, okay. Trying to catch him. And then it becomes Violet, where he went to a tunnel, and so it's supposed to be, like, you go into a tunnel, but it's pitch black for a second. I don't, I'm not really sure, like, how they did all that. There's, like, a force field kind of thing, and then they have really neon lights, so maybe that's supposed to be the ultraviolets part of it. Um, Hers was obviously the hardest to create, but then you go through a tunnel where it actually has Elastigirl up in the tunnel, like they have uh, figures, they don't move, they're not animatronics because it's so fast, but it's her and her body is stretched out trying to catch him, but oh, she okay. misses him. And then a little bit after that in the same tunnel, it has Mr. Incredible with a cookie and you hear him go, cookie, nom nom cookie, like he does in the new movie. And then it just, I don't think Frozone is a part of it, which was different, but, and then they have different parts of the coaster that demonstrate Jack Jack's powers. So there's a part of that coaster listeners in, For our friends in Disneyland, if you've ridden that coaster, even before it was themed, there's a part towards the end where you go up multiple hills that are similar to each other. And so they talk about how Jack-Jack is multiplying. And so it's about how there's multiple hills, so it's supposed to represent him. So I thought it was really smart how they took the coaster that already existed and made it fit really well. Very cool. Walt Disney World introduces Ultimate Disney Fall Into Magic Package. That's quite a name. Yeah, it is. I know. I saw that. <laughs> Walt Disney World has just introduced a new vacation package that allows guests to experience all the magic of the resort along with some unique exclusives. The Ultimate Disney Fall Into Magic Package is the perfect way to enjoy new park offerings and returning favorites. Disney World has announced this package. And it will give guests exclusive access to select event and attractions at the resort. So this offer is available for vacation dates from September 3rd through the 8th, 2018. It's a small window. 
and it includes a five-night stay at select Disney Moderate Deluxe or Deluxe Villa Resort. So four-day Magic Your Way tickets with Park Hopper option and an itinerary full of magic, including some exclusive experiences just for guests on this package. Yeah, that seems like a lot of things, but it's a very small window to book a trip. Yeah, I mean, it's... And it's far away, too. Well, I mean, it's really short, too. I mean, if you look at the crowd calendars, that is really the time of year. Everybody's going back to school, so the numbers go down pretty rapidly then. I mean, I, I don't think there's ever a time where it's completely dead at Disney anymore, but I would say that that's one of the deader times, because that's... If schools have not started in August like we do here in the Midwest, they've started by Memorial Day, and so... They have to get ready for school. True. I find it interesting, too, because I know just from people we've known living in California, they talk about how on the West Coast a lot, they don't start till September. But Disney World is on the East Coast, so it's different. Yeah, that's true. So I think it's interesting how it appeals more to the West Coast audience, even though that's like where Disneyland is. Yeah, true. So here's a peek at what the incredible itinerary includes. September 3rd, 2018, Disney Resort Hotel Arrival. September 4th, exclusive Welcome to Fall Dinner at Epcot, inspired by Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. I'm sure that would be so good. Oh yeah. my gosh. September 5th, a nighttime journey aboard Kilimanjaro Safaris and an exclusive showing of Rivers of Light at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park after park closing. That would be really cool. That would be very, very oh, cool. Man. You know people are going to be there. Oh, I know, and you'll be in school too. So September 6th, two hours of exclusive evening access to Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's a pretty sweet deal right there. Yes, it is. September 7th, tickets to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at Magic Kingdom Park. And that's like early Mickey's Not-So-Scary. So that would be cool. Well, it starts at the end of August now. So yeah, it'll be early. It'll be early. So that'd be cool. September 8th, Disney Resort Hotel Checkout. That's a pretty sweet lineup of events they yeah, got. and the pricing is really not that bad, um, if you want to... I don't want to take your... Yeah, I mean, the pri- like, you're right. I was looking at it. The pricing, starting at just $149 per person per night for a family of four. Two adults, one junior, which is ages 10 to 17. I didn't realize they had a range for that now. Well, they call it that, but you still pay adult prices for the junior. That's interesting. I know. Wow. And one child, which is ages three to nine, can stay in a standard room at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort and enjoy this offer for a total package price of $2,980. That's very affordable. Well, it's very reasonable, not for us, because obviously we have four adults, so it would be more for us. But for what you're getting, yeah, you're going to be in the park by yourself. You're going to get that meal which we know is probably going to cost you 80 to 100 dollars if you in the mickey's not so scary which is usually a separately ticketed event which is expensive exactly and just the exclusive toy story land hours and getting to stay after park closing just all that kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. would cost you so much special river delight performance yeah so all that would cost you so much guests can book the ultimate disney fall into magic package now through august 19th 2018 if you are interested you can contact us at 407-674-0414 or contact us at travel at mousecapades.net. So yes, listeners, hop on that train if you're just like, we could do that. Do it. It sounds so good. So this is going to be sad. I'm, I'm sad for Nick and he's not here, so maybe he won't hear this until after he gets back. Um, although he's engulfed in Disney right now, so probably he will. Lucasfilms has reportedly put future Star Wars spinoffs on hold. 
So according to the ABC News, Clayton Sandell, Lucasfilm says that there are still multiple films in development at the studios aside from the announced Rian Johnson-led trilogy and David Benoff DBY series, but the studio also described reports to the contrary as inaccurate. Lucasfilm offered no further details on why certain projects have been rumored in recent years. No other spinoffs had been formally announced following the disappointing box office results for Solo, a Star Wars story. Lucasfilm has reportedly put the brakes on additional saga spinoffs, so I'm sad for them. I... It doesn't really affect us. Like It doesn't affect us, but I worried about this because they've been putting so much money into this and now we're building a land and we're building a resort at Disney World and is this going to like be a bomb? I don't think that it will ever fizzle out. I don't think it will, but I personally think as much as a viewer as I hate to wait in between a series like movies, when they yeah. come out kind of like for me right now probably Stranger Things is the thing that I'm like I have to know what happens right so listeners if you watch anything like that just like your favorite series as much as you want the stuff to come out the tension is what makes it so good and that's what keeps the interest alive in viewers and I just feel that they've come out with so much so fast in a short amount of time that it's kind of just like People are thinking, oh, well, they already came out with something like half a year ago. It's fine. Like, there's not enough build-up time time, in between. Well, if they allow a year between, because originally I think there was like a year or a year and a half in between, and there was that huge time for build-up, what you're talking about. But now they're coming out so regularly... I mean, some people just can't afford to do that. Some pe- I know we have $5 movie nights and stuff, but some people just, that's not part of their budget every month. And so they might have to wait till the DVD comes out. Yeah, I think that just might be part of it. But hopefully, I don't think it'll ever fizzle out. It'll always have a following. I'm sure. At least with my family, my uh, uncle. True. Disney names chief creative officers for Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar. The Walt Disney Company announced a pair of promotions this week, naming chief creative officers to lead Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Animation Studios. Jennifer Lee of Frozen has been tapped as the new chief creative officer of Walt Disney Animation Studios, while Pete Docter of Inside Out will hold the same title at Pixar. Both Lee and Docter will have creative oversight of the films produced at their respective studios and report directly to Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn. These promotions come on the heels of the announcement that John Lasseter would be leaving the company at the end of the year. Lasseter will hold a consulting role in the meantime. Jennifer Lee first joined Walt Disney Animation Studios in 2011 as co-writer of Wreck-It Ralph, and Pete Docter was one of Pixar's first employees joining the studio in 1990. Jim Morris, president of Pixar Animation Studios, and Andrew Milstein, president of Walt Disney Animation Studios, will continue to report to Ed Catmull, president of Walt Disney and Pixar Animation Studios, who reports to Horn. So there's a lot of change. Well, change. And this tells you how much John Lasseter did. They're hiring two people to, to do his, his job. Yeah. I am happy that they've chosen people that have already put out extremely loved films. Right. Pete Doctor also did. He was also the person who did The Good Dinosaur, which was not as popular, but I thought it was still a really good Pixar film. But Inside Out was definitely more successful. Right. Right. But I was glad they both were very seasoned people in their respective Right, they didn't areas. just come grab somebody out of nowhere and throw them into a position. I'm sure that would have caused a lot of controversy if that had happened. I just think it's really 
interesting because we see this all the time in a lot of different careers. You have one person that's doing this job and then when they say they're leaving, then you're like, oh, well, we need like two, three, four people to fill your job. <laughs> and you're like, I never thought of this until now. I think it was also smart of them to put not only that they're seasoned, but they're familiar names, names that we see on tons of Disney products. Yes. And so I think it's comforting for people who are Disney fanatics or just people in general that they're like, oh, we've heard these names. These will be good. Yeah. And so hopefully they will be. So this was something interesting that I saw this week was that Christopher Robin is going to feature three new songs by Richard Sherman. And we, we've been doing, yeah, we've been doing these Sherman Brothers uh, stories. And I thought, how cool is that? So the LA Times said that the Academy's upcoming tribute to the Sherman Brothers, it revealed that the Richard that Richard Sherman has three new songs in the upcoming Disney film, Christopher Robin. The Disney legend said the three new songs and that he will reprise one of the old songs, the title song. And so the original music and lyrics, I'm still writing and still working on. So I thought that would be cool. That's cool, you know, because um, he's getting up there. We don't know how much longer he's going to be around either. And just to have a current movie with his uh, wonderful yeah, because I, I was telling you this the other day. I didn't even realize he still wrote things. Well, I thought as soon as, like... Uh, when his brother died. When his brother died, that not necessarily that he had stopped altogether, but that just the production in the Disney company had kind of faded away because it was always the Sherman brothers that wrote. Right. And so I didn't know if he would continue, but when I was listening to the Kiss Goodnight that they do on the castle, yeah. the music with that, he wrote that. Yeah. Richard Sherman did. So I was like... He still does plenty of stuff. Right. He's still keeping up. Disney files suit over latest property value assessments. So Disney had filed a series of lawsuits contesting recent Walt Disney World property value assessments for a number of their hotels and resort areas. According to the Orlando Sen- Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Odd word. Sentinel. Disney is disputing the tax bills for a le- 11 properties claiming the valuations on them are inaccurate. This has resulted in three separate lawsuits filed in Orange County, Florida this week. If this sounds familiar, it's because the resort has filed similar suits in the past. In fact, the company is currently waiting on a judge's rule on a suit from 2015. Unlike in some previous years, Disney did not specify how much lower they believe the property values to be. Other theme park resorts, including Universal Studios and SeaWorld, have also filed similar lawsuits in the past. Well, I'm sure they're going to try to um, charge them more for their property because they know they're making a lot of money. I know, but uh, of course, though, Disney's like, you're not going to snow us. We can win. Like, you're not going to charge us more. That's when you know you have people that are thinking, hmm, they're so busy and they have so much money. They're not going to notice if I add in a couple thousand dollars here or there. But they do. No, I know. I'm just saying if you didn't have the right accounting department, you could totally get snowed and get overcharged just because of being a big business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that now that this file is going through... The other company, I wonder if the company is now like, oh no, they noticed. <laughs> or if they're just like, well, we got to try and find it now. We can't just be like, oh yeah, you're right. We were just trying well, to I get mean, more money. That's even with our phone carrier. Your dad went back over six months worth of bills and found out that we had been overcharged for $176. And they couldn't, when he called, they couldn't tell him what it was for. They're like, um, oh, I really don't know what that's for. But they were putting it on our bill every month and we paid it because we thought it was part of our bill. We didn't understand that yeah. it was just an added fee. So I'm sure that that's where wow. that came about. Listeners always check things. Always yeah, always check. look at your bills closely. So Disney, we called this one, Kaylee. They uh, 
entered a larger revised bid for 21st Century Fox assets. We saw it coming. We talked it's about like this. It's like a soap opera. I know. And it's it's not going away. I mean, this is going to be a battle because it's going to see who is really going to put out the almighty dollar to get this. So following a competing bid from rival Comcast that we talked about last week, the Walt Disney Company has revised their offer to acquire a number of 21st Century Fox assets. So their new offer is valued at $71.3 billion. I would just like $1 billion. That's all I'm saying. I would like... A million dollars. I would like a thousand dollars. Just give me one of your meaningless thousands, please. So this is an increase from 18.9 billion from their initial bid of 52.4 billion. The bid does exceed Comcast's 66 billion ca- all cash offer. That now they're not saying Disney's is all cash, so they could still refuse it because I'm telling you, if you have cash and that kind of money. I would take that offer. I feel like that's sketchy to have that much cash anywhere in the world. <laughs> this but is okay. True. What kind of job are you doing? The company will also assume 13.8 in Fox's debt, bringing the total transaction to $85.1 billion. The Fox shareholders can elect to receive either cash or stock. The assets that Disney World will be acquiring remain the same, including the 20th Century Fox Film Studio, cable channels like FX. Fox's share of Hulu and more. And because of this revised offer, Disney and Fox will need to prepare a new proxy of materials. And as a result, the shareholder meeting that had been set for July the 10th is now going to be rescheduled because they're still going to be bidding. You know they are. Oh, goodness. I, I mean, I it'll be next year before we know anything, I think. Probably, if they just keep doing... They might as well just not reschedule until they're like, are we done? <laughs> are we done yet? How stressful. World of Color opening has been delayed. So, the World of Color at the Disney California Adventure Park was scheduled to return June 22nd, but it seems that it won't be returning just yet. Disneyland has removed all showtimes from their calendar. Reports indicate that there has been extensive damage to the show's platform. Disney has not said when World of Color will return, but it looks to be out of commission indefinitely throughout the summer, which is really unfortunate because it's the summer. It's so busy. And it's going to, yeah. And it's water. And I'm sad for the people that came because they thought that it was bad. And like, you know, some things yeah. you're specifically looking forward to. And if you plan your vacation around. I wonder, because it just says reports indicate that there's been extensive damage. So I wonder what that came from. Yeah, it doesn't say. Because especially I feel that it had to have been something that happened suddenly if they had to shut it down all of a sudden. And it wasn't announced prior to when it was supposed to, you know, because sometimes things happen kind of like release dates for things or they're just like oh we have to extend this a few months because something's not done but this just it was just removed right almost as something they don't want people to know about so i I don't know what that is totally crazy so they had international yoga day at disney parks worldwide did you see this no it was actually pretty funny um I, I don't know that I would participate in it because I'm embarrassed and exercise in front of people, but it says in honor of International Yoga Day, thousands participated at Disney Parks Worldwide. Colorful yoga mats stretched out down the streets of the parks with views of the castle and iconic attractions. It was on June 24th and it marked the fourth annual yoga celebration day for the Disney Parks. And it was all over the world. They had pictures of uh, 
ladies and men just with their mats rolled out on Main Street. And oh my sitting. gosh, I can only imagine. Did anybody get stepped on? They didn't say, but it appeared to me nobody else was in the park. So I, I was wondering if they just... Because I just think of like a normal Disney day and people are like, we're just going to just lay right here. We're going to roll right over you. No, I, there were no like strollers or other extraneous people. All the people were on mats. So I'm assuming they had it beforehand. It did not say that in this article. So I don't know. Dang. Disneyland celebrates the Enchanted Tiki Room anniversary with specialty merchandise. Surprise, surprise! When Pixar Pier... It's cool stuff, though. It is cool, I'm sure. It's always cool, but they always gotta do it. I mean, when Pixar Pier opened on June 23rd, it was the 55th anniversary of Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room at Disneyland Park. I'm sure that was not a coincidence. So the park released new Enchanted Tiki Room merchandise with more to come in the future. The shirt's pretty cool, though. It has Jose on it. I'm just happy that that's still, like, a loved attraction. I know some people go to laugh. Nick, I know you're one of the people you're just like, no. it's just so bad. But you still He's, love it. He does love it. He's just saying that. No, I know he does. He's just like, all the technology's bad. But it's like... Who cares? I guarantee you he went to it at least once, if not twice, when he's there this week. Probably. And listeners, by the way, he is in Disney World right now, the happiest place on earth. So you can be checcking out our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, because I am loading pictures of him and his family just doing fun things around the parks. Uh, They did some new things this time that he'll be talking about on a trip report next week. Live vicariously. That's what we do. Well, it's about that time, so why don't you take us back? Here we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. June 27th, 1999, the two-day celebration to honor the 30th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion continues at Disneyland. They had a two-day celebration for the 30th anniversary anniversary of Haunted Mansion. That means next year's the 50th. For real? Look, it says 1999. It'll be 2019 next year. Oh, you are correct. At Disneyland. <laughs> Thanks. So I can do some math. I'm, well, I'm glad you can do that math. We're in big trouble if you can't. So, yeah, that'll be a big deal next year. I wonder if it'll be more than a two-day celebration for 50 years. I wonder if they'll do something special to the ride. If fun. they'll add something. There's so much more technology when that ri- than when that ride was created, so I'm sure they could. I wonder if they'll bring the Hatbox Ghost to Disney World. I would appreciate that. Well, the anniversary's in Disneyland, though. I know. But just celebrate with us, please. <laughs> no, they want you to go to Disney. Okay, Man. okay, I see it. Okay. June 28th, 1957 was date night at Disneyland. It premiered on that night. The Anaheim Park extended its operating hours till 1 a.m. on a Friday and Saturday. And for the first time, attempted to attract young dating couples as a dating hotspot. I know, I thought it was kind of crazy, but I I thought it was fun, too. It's pretty smart. Prior to this, Disneyland had been primarily a daytime theme park, and the popularity of the evening events would lead to a 1958 LP LP record called Date Night at Disneyland, featuring the music of Elliott Brothers Orchestra. I guess that is when they decided to, I mean, they had been open for a little while, obviously. They thought, hmm, we'll just market it. We're doing so well at daytime. Let's market it as a dating thing. And I mean, at that point... It was still new enough that I yeah. feel that it was it was an affordable place to go. Right. So, I mean, especially for a date night, like, entertaining and you're just paying a flat rate and going one place. Very fun. Pretty smart. June 29, 2007, Ratatouille was the eighth animated feature film produced by Pixar and it was released. The plot follows Remy, a rat who dreams of becoming a chef, and it was directed by Brad Bird, also the director of Incredibles 1 and 2. Ratatouille features the voices of Patton Oswalt as Remy, Lou Romano as Linguini, 
Brian Dennehy as Diango. Oh, I didn't realize that. That makes a lot of sense. Brad Garrett as Gustav, Janine Garofalo as Colette, and John Ratzenberger as Mustafa. And they have Mustafa in the, um, I know it's, it's not Mustafa in Lion King. What is it? Mufasa. Mufasa. Nice, mom. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, I'm, man. I'm lost my mind now. June 30th, 2013. As of this day, all of the home entertainment distribution rights previously held by Paramount for Marvel Studios, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, and Captain America, the first Avenger, now revert to Disney. So it has been five years this week that they gained Marvel Studios. Wow. Seems like so much longer. I know, and I don't feel like they do as much with that as they do with Star Wars that they acquired. True. That's true. July 1st, 1935. As of this date, any employee who has been with the Disney studio a full year is granted a two-week vacation, which back then was a huge deal. So if you worked a year at the at Walt Disney World, you had earned yourself a two-week vacation. I feel like at that stage in the Disney family, you earned it. Oh, my lanta. That yeah. was after all the... The rough patches, and then they were finally starting to get successful, and they're like, all right, we did a lot of hard work. You need a break. Yeah. Let's, let's give you a two-week vacation. July the 2nd, I can't believe this has already been two years ago, Kaylee, so July 2nd, two, this 2016, Coca-Cola store in Orlando officially opened, and the building was remodeled after the 1920 bottling plant. Listeners, if you've not seen it, it's all glass. It's pretty spectacular, and it features a rooftop terrace. The ground floor of the building contains the merchandise area where the visitors can buy apparel and handmade items created from recycled material, and we do know that you can go in there and take a tour. It runs between $20 and $25, and they'll take you around, and I know you can taste flavors of Coca-Cola at Epcot in the Coca-Cola what is it called? Hotspot or something like that by Kinda, Starbucks. Yeah. But there you get to taste more flavors. They have more flavors. Not of, just the Beverly. Yeah, don't drink the Beverly. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. Uh, this is July 3rd, 1956. And I actually found two things in July 3rd. So I'm going to do both of them. After flying into the Kansas City Airport, Walt and Roy Disney and their wives take a three-hour drive in a Cadillac sedan in order to reach Marceline by evening. And after reaching Marceline, where the boys grew up and freshening up, the Disneys drive to the Santa Fe Country Club around 10 o'clock, where they're greeted by hundreds of residents. And if you go to Marceline and take that tour, uh, there is a lady there that... There's uh, two. Well, yeah, there is two ladies. One's the mom and one's the daughter that actually were there for this event. So that's pretty cool. July 3rd, 1985. This is when I'm wrapping it up with. More than 60,000 people showed up to watch Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell's inaugural flight over the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. And it was originally planned that Tinkerbell would only come out on seasonal and holiday as a spectacle. But the guest relation or the guest reaction was so good that they decided that Tink needed to fly nightly to add to the magic of Disney. Wow. 1985, that was a long time ago. Thanks. Okay, I'm just saying like 33 years. It was. That was a significant amount of time. I I can do the math for it. Joey's telling me how many years ago it was in case I didn't know. Anyways. Wow. Well, if you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, simply text us at 407-674-0414 or email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, text us at 407-674-0414 or contact us at travel at mousecapades.net. Remember to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for all things Disney. And as always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, Kaylee, I think it's about that time. Peace. <laughs>
and love. Have a magical day, my friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.